Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listen. Here's my problem with pants. (laughs) Okay, tell me. I'm ready. I feel like there are no pants that actually fit you proper, right? Oh my god. So if they fit your thigh, they don't fit your waist, and if they fit your waist, they don't fit your thighs, or they're too long, and... Honestly, that's the story of my fucking life. Well, and I'm kind of squishy in the middle, and so... (laughs) Same. Right? So I feel like pants (laughs) and, like, the waist are always too tight when I'm sitting, Mm. but they stretch, so when I stand, they fall down, so I get, get, like, the marks on my stomach because they're too tight, but they're not because I'm trying to pull them up as I'm walking down the street. Like, that is my problem with pants, which is why I don't wear them when I'm at home. What frustrates me is when I'm standing, when I'm standing, and they fit me great everywhere. But Uh yeah, and then as soon as I sit down, it's like, okay, I can't breathe. Exactly. Or like, I don't know. See, this is why. And then you have ones that are like... I just hate when they're baggy, like, mm-hmm. on, your on your thighs, thighs or on your thighs. It. It's just like, come on. This is why I'm camp counselor, camp no pants. Because <laughs> I, just, I just don't appreciate them. It's fine. I never get invited to camp no pants. You can come with me. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like that's the next level of our friendship. Uh-huh. Just well, we changed, no pants. We changed in the car today. <laughs> I think that's a, a step up. <laughs> My favorite part was that you were like, I think this other parking lot is more secluded, and I'm pretty sure it was busier. It was busier because we parked, <laughs> and the car right next to us had people in it. <laughs> and then I was like, fuck it, I'm taking my pants off. Well, and it's then fine. as we were changing, that couple came out, and there was the car parked on <laughs> the other stress. side of us. <laughs> yeah. At that point, I had my pants off. You it's did. Fine. It's fine. I don't know if I've ever changed in public before. Oh. Well, I... There's a first time for everything. Yeah. I think I have a problem because I have It was before. my fault because I wore black fleece-lined pants it in did. 100 degree weather. Yeah, it's way too hot for that shit. It's way too hot. Shit, we're recording, huh? Yeah. Hey, guys! <laughs> <laughs> now that we've gone on a pants sorry. tangent. Yeah, sorry. And talked about changing our clothes in public. In public. Welcome to Death Becomes Us. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's Krista. That's Talia. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to podcast. We are. We... Episode 11, I go first. Krista goes first, me. It's me. me today. Yeah. Yeah. Do we just want to start, or is there more? Oh, there was something I was going to tell you, but I can't remember. Is there? Was there? I don't remember. Yeah, it was something about changing. I don't remember. It's cool. <laughs> was it podcast related? No. Oh. <laughs> if it comes to you, then cool. If Otherwise, not, it's fine. We I'm, can not talk about it on the podcast. We can talk about it later. I'm ready for you to impress me. Listen, you can't listen. Okay. I am. (laughs) Since the last time I said listen, are you still listening? Accurate, yes. (laughs) Okay, because you were like, I need to make these notes perfect and polished and whatever. So you can't tell me they're not good because you've been working on them a lot. Yeah, but we watched a movie and you saw how diligent I was working on them. (laughs) My bad. No, it's fine. Uh, Well... Here's my problem, okay? Okay. Sorry, I'm shitting. I love the way we're like, let's just jump into it, and now we're still just I talking. Sidetracked, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I reach a point almost every time I pick a topic where I regret it, and then I feel bad for picking it, and so I start to, like, slack off on the notes because I'm feeling guilty, and I don't want to... <laughs> Honestly, research is the worst thing ever. I, I just feel so awful about it 90% of the time. It's okay. You know why? Because I have empathy and I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's that. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> what were you gonna say? 
I was going to say, this is going to be a great episode. So. Oh, yep. honestly, I think so. I think it's going to be great. You almost said bless you. <laughs> and this is still going to be a great episode. I think it will be, to be honest. Yeah, we're going to do the thing. It's going to be great. People are going to love it. Yeah. This is going to be our best episode yet. I still think the Black Eyed Children <laughs> is the best Honestly, ever. that's one of my favorite episodes, and it doesn't even have the most listens. Like, not listens, like the most plays. plays right? Because I think, well, the Black Eyed Children part specifically is my favorite. That's when I talked about O.J. Simpson, and I don't care about that at all. Well, not that I don't care. Wow. Yes, but I know certain people who do care about O.J. Simpson, so... Suck a dick. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was aggressive. <laughs> that was really aggressive. Some people liked your O.J. Simpson part, okay? Thank Myself you. included, and others that are not me. Thanks, baby. Just saying. You're welcome. Okay. So I'm ready. Okay, well, I wanted I wanted to talk about Kurt Cobain. Oh, okay. And the conspiracy that he was murdered and not committed suicide. Oh. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Tell me all of the things. Well, we're going to start at the beginning. The beginning's a good place. <laughs> Actually, I like the middle-ish. So, I can, so it's like a guessing game, and then you can come so back to like the So it's like a Tarantino film. Yeah, Tar- yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, he's not the only one to do that, but yes. He's just my fave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's Tarantino this let's bitch. Tarantino. So just pick a spot in the middle. Start there. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> first of all, I want to... No, you're fine. I wanted to say that I originally was going to talk about the 27 Club... Which is... Where celebrities die at the age of 27. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Bless up. Haley Williams made it past 27. <gasps> yep. Yeah. My queen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was going to talk about that and just, like, all of them. But I I don't know. I just find that Kurt Cobain's suicide and the conspiracy is just, like, on another level of wild <laughs> that I just found interesting. So I decided to delve into it and okay. I regretted it. I regret everything. Well, I just feel bad because talking about suicide is rough. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to make light of it. Does that make sense? So we joke and we so let's chat just, about things. Let's just preface this by saying we take suicide very seriously. Right. Yes. Uh, I don't think it's funny. R- correct. At all. Right. And, and, if, and if you feel that way get fucking help and it's okay (laughs) to ask for help it's totally okay you're not a burden get help but i deal with serious situations with comedy yes yeah and and i and i yeah that's why we're friends yeah that's why we podcast 100 (laughs) percent. like because we go this makes me feel really uncomfortable let's make a joke let's make a joke and laugh yeah i've been at some funerals that not well timed (laughs) so like my dad and i aren't allowed to go to funerals together because we cause trouble your dad You and your dad are just making, like, inappropriate jokes at funerals. Serious. Yeah. Listen, as the president of the DDC, a.k.a. Dead Dad's Club, I get it. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I make plenty of dead dad jokes. Not everyone appreciates them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. that's how I cope, so. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah, it's just just how I cope with serious (laughs) stuff and and death, specifically. So I now just, all our listeners know, we don't think it's funny. Correct. We're not making light. Yes. We just are dark humor people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're going to be triggered, if this isn't for you, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> skip ahead. Throw that out there. Yeah. Okay. So tell me things. All right. So Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> he was born February 20th, 1967 in Aberdeen, Washington. And when he was nine, his parents divorced and it pretty much crippled him emotionally. 
as a kid. Okay. Um, he's, he's, but I don't know. I feel, I might be like talking on my ass, whatever. He reminds me of like a tender soul. Does Uh that make sense? Yeah. So. He's just sensitive. He's just a sweet person. Yeah. His father remarried and had a kid with his new wife. So he pretty much felt abandoned by his father. And then those feels like <laughs> you don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about daddy abandoning <laughs> <Right>. issues. <laughs> uh, and then his mom was dating an abusive man, and pretty oh, goody. M- pretty much committed to being in that relationship. Okay. So he didn't have a good family life and a good home life. Pretty much. Yeah. And it, it made him basically a very defiant kid. Uh huh. And his father was awarded custody of him. Oh. Uh-huh. But... His father with a different wife and kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But could not handle Kurt mm. and said he was a problem child, so he kind of just passed him around to his relatives and, like, foster homes. Yeah, that's rough. Mm-hmm. So he just grew up in a dysfunctional atmosphere. hmm So he was an artist at heart, so they say. So and <laughs> I think... So he liked to cause trouble, obviously, Mm -hmm. and around, like, right before high school, so 14-ish, whatever, he used to spray paint God is gay on trucks around town. Listen. Uh Uh-huh. I'm about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's quoted as saying that he wished he was gay just so he could make homophobes uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What a little rebel. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, he finds solace going to punk shows in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And in his second year of high school, he moves in with his mom. His mummy. His mummy. And she kicks him out. Because he's a problem child. Because he drops out of high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she, and he won't. He didn't get a job, so she kicked him out. And he kind of couch surfed and got a job, sort of. Just kind of hung out. And then eventually, yay, he forms Nirvana in 1987. With, I want to say Christ, I could be wrong. K-R-I-S-T. Okay. Christ? I think so. Not Christ? Probably not Christ. I assume not. I would say it's probably Christ. Yeah. Anyway, Christ. And they were part of the Seattle grunge scene, which, like, Seattle is the place that grunge was born, so to say, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Nashville's for country, Seattle is for grunge, right? Didn't, I didn't know that, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was, basically. Okay. And then they kind of rotated drummers for a while. And then in 1991, they added Dave Grohl to their roster. And That's a name I know. Yep, of Foo Fighters fame. And yep. mm-hmm, Yes, Dave Grohl was mm-hmm. a member of Nirvana. Their drummer. All right. And they released the album Nevermind in that year of 1991. And it was kind of the album that launched them into Darn mainstream them? success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Which... <laughs> so, and it, like, made everybody very uncomfortable. Well, that they became famous? Like, Kurt, specifically. He oh. was really uncomfortable with the idea of fame and, like, mainstream stuff. So, like, he just wanted to be in a band, but he didn't want, like, mm-hmm. all the... Right, he just wanted to play music. Okay. That's all he wanted. It was his escape. I mean, I, was, I would assume. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of part of what he's known for, is hating the spotlight and hating the media and hating... That kind of scene. I've seen gift sets that support this. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he's yeah. partially known for is 
personality-wise, whatever. I'm just adding this because I found it interesting. It, I don't know. It has nothing to do with anything, really. But I feel like he was kind of ahead of his time. Okay. So they rose to stardom early 90s, 91, 92. And in 92, Nirvana played at a gay rights benefit. And he was a supporter of pro-choice, which is stuff that's widely, not widely, but more accepted now. But yeah. like back in the 90s. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of didn't give a fuck. He was just like... Yeah. Whatever. Whatevs. Yeah, so I just, I just found that kind of interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. All right, so 1991, he meets Courtney Love. Mm-hmm. So the same year that he is launched into stardom, he meets Courtney. Yeah. And there's mutual feelings, and so they pursue each other, and by the end of 1991, they're together. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, they bond over drugs. Aww. Aww. That's so precious. Who thought? Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, <laughs> they have a penchant for doing heroin together, mm-hmm. which is a hell of a drug. Oh, yeah. On February 24th, 1992, the two are married in Hawaii. A very teeny ceremony, like eight people were there. Mm-hmm. And Love is already pregnant with their daughter. Okay. Who was born August of 1992. So they were married in February. She was born in August. August. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Francis is born. You're good. <laughs> Francis Bean Cobain is born. Francis Bean. Yeah. That's cute. And there was this whole media uproar about it. Because Love, Courtney Love was misquoted in an article saying that she did heroin when she was pregnant. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Not so, good. Yeah, so Child Services took custody of their daughter when she was four weeks old. Aww. Yeah. And they had to go through, like, months and months rigorous process to gain custody of her back. Mm-hmm. Like, they had to be clean, do, like, urine tests and supervised visits. And I... I mean, that's shitty, but also good. Oh, like, yeah. Like, good for the baby. Yeah. For sure, but, like, yes. shitty as, like, new parents. Like, we just yes. had this baby, and then it's, like, taken away from you, which mm-hmm. totally sucks, but maybe you shouldn't be heroin users when you're having a fucking baby. Right. No, I totally agree. I feel like <laughs> I feel like child services was in the right yeah, to absolutely. step in there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know their life, but it seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fair choice there. Yeah. I just... I, I kind of wish that it... I don't know, had helped more, I guess, mm-hmm. because they were clean for months to get custody of Francis back. But I see where this is going. It, yeah, it doesn't stick. Yeah. So they go back to doing drugs, and Kurt's drug habits are rough mm-hmm. and, and have been for years and years. Yeah. And he's done, like, all kinds of drugs in all different ways, and he's basically been an addict since, like, 1990, mm-hmm. 89. He made a go at rehab uh, as soon as he found out that Love was pregnant and he was going to be a father. Well, at least he tried. Yeah. But he leaves rehab to go on tour where he suffers from withdrawals mm-hmm. really badly. Because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to get clean. Yep. Yep. So, therefore, as soon as he gets back from tour, he goes back to using heroin. I'm surprised he made it his whole tour. I, I assume he didn't, but... Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Chances are. Chances are he didn't. <laughs> I mean, if you're a rock star and you're touring, chances are. Yeah. Yeah. You probably did some drugs. Probably. Just saying. Pretty much. I mean, you know, I'm obviously a great source. <laughs> I'm real familiar with, like, the super stardom life. <laughs> and drugs. You know shit. Obviously. I, obviously. Obviously I know shit. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it comes to heroin. No. <laughs> 
Oh, I hate myself right uh, now. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> I found this particularly savage, by the way. Oh. So in July of 1993, Cobain overdoses before a show. Oh, no. And Courtney injects him with Nalo... X-O-N-E? N-A-L-O-X-O-N-E. Naloxone? 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 Okay. And then he goes To bring him back... And then he goes and does a no fucking show. fucking way. Yeah. And Are you kidding? And nobody knows a thing. Oh it's fine. my god. Yeah. That is honestly Savage insane. as fuck. Yeah. That is honestly insane. Yeah. Like, I just overdosed backstage, but it's cool. It's I'm here cool. to sing this song for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Kurt. Yikes. <laughs> so, fast forward to 1994. Okay. Kurt is diagnosed with bronchitis and severe laryngitis. I got bronchitis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And sorry, what was that? His laryngitis, wheeze. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And this isn't completely unusual because Kurt has been very unhealthy for most of his life. What drug use does that to you? Right, and he's ill all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so diagnosed with bronchitis, severe laryngitis. He says that his drug use is himself medicating the pain he had a a chronic stomach issue stomach pain and heroin helps supposedly (sighs) so he said sounds fake but okay right and some people say it was the opposite that Mm -hmm. the heroin gave him stomach problems is there a bug (laughs) yeah did you see that i missed it but i saw you react (laughs) (laughs) it's because it flew right up to my forehead (laughs) sorry i'm sorry i don't know where it went so if i make a face again that you're good. It's the bug. No, you're good. You're totally fine. But yeah, so he's had this stomach problem, and it's caused him a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Like a fuck ton of pain. Says that heroin helps, so that's his reasoning for being a heroin addict. I don't buy it, but sure. Yeah. Uh, and he's on, so he's on tour when he's diagnosed with this bronchitis. So he flies to Rome to get medical treatment, and Courtney meets him there. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Courtney finds Kurt OD'd. In the hotel on a combination of champagne and rohypnol. Okay. So he's rushed to the hospital where he's unconscious for a day and then wakes up and he's released five days later. Okay. He's alive. He's okay. And he heads home to Seattle. You shouldn't mix drugs and alcohol. No. Just saying. Ever. Don't do that, please. Mm -mm. Well, okay. Never mind. I'm not going (laughs) to. What were you going to say? Nothing. Are you sure? Yeah. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you do it once? I'm not a drug user, okay? Okay. That's all. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. God. Uh, I was just going to make a comment about weed, but... Oh, okay. All right. I mean, weed and alcohol is fine. Oh, okay. That's... I mean, you could get sick, but that's, like, the worst that will happen. Yeah, but you can get sick on alcohol by itself. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. I've been sicker on alcohol by itself. Well, yeah. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to go into this. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> March 18th, 1994. <laughs> Love phones Seattle police informing them that Cobain was suicidal, and she said he'd locked himself in a room with a gun. So police go to his Seattle home. They get there, they confiscate several guns and a bottle of pills from Cobain, and Cobain is insisting he's not suicidal, and he's locked himself away because he doesn't want Courtney around. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Wrinkles. 
<laughs> wrinkles in this tale. Courtney, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you. Uh-huh. So Courtney Love throws an intervention after this. She's really laying it on, mm-hmm. isn't she? Yep. Okay. And a ton of his friends show up, and they encourage him to get help, and he's mad about it. Naturally. And feels attacked. Naturally. But he comes around, and he arrives at the Exodus Recovery Center in L.A. on March 30th of 94. And the staff at the facility were unaware of his history. I don't know how. They were not aware of this. I don't know if, like, what the application process is. Yeah. But I feel like they should know. Well, yeah. If you're checking in for rehab. Yes. There should be prior history of other incidents. Mm-hmm. But it says that they had no, they weren't aware of his history of depression and prior attempts at suicide. Supposed. Supposed. Prior attempts at suicide. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I'm already jumping on the conspiracy theory right? bandwagon. It's kind of Sorry. easy to do it, It's because I honestly don't know that much about Kurt Cobain. Like, mm-hmm. all I know is he supposedly committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I like, I don't know the details about it. Mm-hmm. I think I read, like, there was something not, I, wa- I don't want to say recently, because it wasn't recently, but it was, like, a while ago, where they finally, like, released the oh, it was suicide tw- notes. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah, they released his yeah. suicide notes, and I looked at those. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's all... That's yeah. as far as my knowledge of yeah. any of this goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, you're, you're solid. Honestly, don't know. Mm-hmm. There was but it's like, easy to jump on the conspiracy bandwagon, mm-hmm. I feel like. Well, especially if signs point to... Mm-hmm. Which... There's a couple of things we'll get into... Okay. ...that I think are interesting. All right. So, <laughs> he's... Carry on. He's at the recovery center, and he's visited by friends... All of his friends said that there's no indication that he is suicidal. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems fine at this center. And um, he spent the day talking to counselors. Like, he opened up about his drug abuse and his personal issues. And he was, like, playing with Francis happily. Like, yeah. they were fine. Yeah. And so, like, him playing with Francis at this center is the last time he sees her. Oh, that's so sad. Mm, Yeah. Stop. I'm sorry. I can't handle this topic. It's too much. I'm sorry. It's okay. I told you. I felt bad about it. (laughs) So. It's okay. Following night, Cobain walked outside to have a cigarette, climbed over the six foot high fence to leave the facility. (laughs) I'm going to have a smoke, yeah? (laughs) Bye. He's like, peace, bitches. Mm -hmm. I'm out this joint. Yep. Uh, which he had joked earlier in the day would be a stupid feat to attempt, by the way. And then he did it. And then he did it. (laughs) He took a taxi to LAX and flew back to Seattle, which is his home, like, Where did he get, like, the money and stuff for just, like, a plane ticket when he was in a rehabilitation center? I don't know. Maybe he snagged his stuff. Maybe. I don't, I don't know how, like, on lockdown they are, to be honest. Rehab facilities. he climbed a six-foot wall? Fence. Fence. Six foot fence. Yeah. Are we assuming chain link? I'm assuming chain link. Okay. Not and not barbed wired. Just a chain well, link fence. Assume. <laughs> I don't know why my dramatic ass went to like a wall. Like he oh. scaled a wall, and then I was like, <laughs> he didn't break like a leg or something. No, it's like, just dropped. a chain link. If fence. it's just a fence, then I get it. It's just a chain. I don't know why fence. I'm so extra. You're fine. <laughs> I'm just. It's fine. It is fine. Okay. So but anyways, he catches it, a flight. Yeah, he flies back to Seattle, which is where his house is. Like he's okay. going home. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 2nd and April 3rd, he's spotted at numerous places around Seattle. Like, people see him out and about around Seattle. So he's Seattle. flown back to his, like, home mm-hmm. place, but he hasn't gone home to, like, Courtney and Francis. And Francis. Who I assume are in L.A. 
I'm not sure where they are at this point, to be honest, but I think they're in L.A. Okay. Yeah. So, April 3rd, Love contacts private investigator Tom Grant and hires him to find Cobain. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know. Let him alone. Well, it just seems like if you would know where he went, I, I don't know, I feel like there's not that many places he would go. Yeah. And you could be like, maybe I'll check Seattle, where he's from, where his house is. Or, yeah. Like, where the house is. I don't know. Is he not? They're married, right? They are married. You'd think that you would know your, like, husband's... Assuming you actually know yeah. your husband in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You would think you would know where he would go. Or, like, yeah. places that you would check. Yes. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Well, and I, it's, they honestly haven't known each other that long. This mm-hmm. is in... April of 94, they met in 91, married in 92. Okay. So, I mean... All right. It's... But still... You would think after at least a few years, years you would would know know. at least a little bit about each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she would know, but it's fine, whatever. So, uh, April 3rd was the last day that he was seen out and about. Boot and a boot. Out and a boot. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, April 7th, rumors... There's rumors that Nirvana is breaking up because the band got pulled out of Lollapalooza, the music festival. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know. (laughs) That seems weird to me. That the band got pulled? Because nobody knew he was dead yet. So, like, did the band members pull it without Kurt knowing? So, hold on. When the band was pulled from Lollapalooza, was he already dead? Uh, Yes. Really? We'll get into the day he died. Okay. Yes. Yes, he was. Okay. So I don't know who pulled the band or how that all... Unless they were just like, Kurt's missing. Like, we can't perform. Fair. (laughs) You kind of can't perform without Kurt Cobain. I mean... Yeah. That is... Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because they're like, it's his band. we don't need him. Everyone at Lollapalooza will understand. We'll understand. Yeah. No, they won't. (laughs) (laughs) April 8th, Kurt's body is discovered uh, at his home. In Seattle. Yeah. Lake Washington Boulevard home by electrician Gary Smith, who had arrived to install a security system. And apart from a minor amount of blood coming out of Cobain's ear, the electrician reported seeing no visible signs of trauma. And he initially thought that he was just asleep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he saw the shotgun being held, like Kurt was holding a shotgun. So hold on. How How did he die? Shotgun? Yes. But there was only blood coming out of his ear. Yes. Um, I... <laughs> how? <laughs> doesn't compute. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> Sorry, but no. From what it sounded like is he shot himself in the mouth. But then wouldn't there have been... So would there was there injuries in his mouth? His autopsy, <laughs> his autopsy report has never been released. Okay. So... This is some sketch shit. I, I'm sorry. I, it's fine. <laughs> it's it is sketch. I get it. I didn't know any of this. I'm mm-hmm. blown away right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh good. I'm glad because because we didn't. I didn't ask you if you had heard about this when we first started. Because normally we're like, here's our topic. Do you know things? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm honestly so offended. <laughs> You'll get over it. <laughs> you know. We'll um, see. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, a note was found addressed to Cobain's childhood imaginary friend, Boda, which I find interesting. Boda. And it said that Cobain had not felt the excitement of listening to as well as creating music. Along with 
really riding for too many years now. So he's been like, he's just over it, mm -hmm. basically. So quit music. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> Why would you kill yourself though? Just quit music. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> but what do I know? <laughs> uh, there was also a high concentration of heroin and traces of diazepam found in his system. Okay. Cobain's body had been lying there for a few days. The coroner's report estimated Cobain to have died on April 5th. And what day was he found? The 8th. Okay. Yeah. Been there a couple days. It's just another Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, the official cause of death, like, on the certificate is suicide official cause of death and yeah well that was colonel shoe's cause of death too that's true know how that that's suspicious mm -hmm. as fuck as fuck this one's less suspicious than yeah. colonel shoe but that's true <laughs> that's true because because I, I feel like there's plenty of evidence to, su to support him committing suicide yeah like, yeah he's bipolar he has a crazy history of drug, drug abuse, abuse. Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, i don't know stardom Probably. Which he didn't even like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of factors. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. However, like I said, conspiracy that he was murdered. Okay. Is rampant. Courtney. Is, is the theory. Is the theory. Correct. Honestly, yeah. So that private investigator, Tom mm -hmm. Grant, mm -hmm. he's the one that's kind of spearheaded this idea that Courtney murdered Kurt. But in a way that she wasn't actually there. Like, she didn't pull the trigger, none of that shit. But she was heavily involved. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to go over a couple of the stuff that's odd, I guess, okay. about the case. So a lot of people think that part of the suicide note is written by somebody else. Oh. Okay. So the bulk of the suicide note is talking about leaving but coming back and, like, a rebirth and shit like that. And a lot of people think it points to him saying he wants to leave the music industry. That's okay. what they think it relates to. Okay. Is that he's leaving music. Well, if you leave the planet, you <laughs> do a little bit more than just leave music. Yeah. Just saying. Yes. But so the vocal, the, the note is about this kind of in that vein. It Being done with music. But a lot of people, so a lot of people think that it doesn't really point to suicide. It's not a suicide note. It's not a goodbye does that make sense? Yeah. Except for, like, the last three, they're not even lines, they're, like, the bottom phrases are written completely in a different way. They're a lot bigger font size, and they're choppy, they're not full sentences. It's like, you know, like, I love you, tell Francis I love her, life is better without me. But that's the only part that's suicidal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Like, that's the only part that indicates suicide, yes. and the rest yes. is sort of interpreted differently. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, and you can look at photos of it. And, and I've seen the photos, yeah. but it's been a while. So. It's, yeah, it's the very bottom of it, and it totally looks completely different. Hmm. And multiple experts have looked at the note, and some have said that it's inconclusive that it was written by him. Okay. Right? Yeah. Some say yes. Others are like, no, nah, I'm not really sure. Mm hmm So, I mean. Your guess is as good as anybody else's. Yeah. <laughs> if it's the same handwriting. <laughs> yeah. Also, a lot of people think it's suspicious that Courtney had him cremated, like, lickety split. Jeez. Like, after his body was found and he was dead. Right. She had him cremated. Is that even what he wanted? I'm not sure. I have no idea. But so, so they couldn't really investigate the body. No. Or any of that shit. So he had so much heroin in his system 
that odds are he would have been incapacitated mm -hmm. and could not have shot himself. I'm just confused because if you use a shotgun as a way to commit suicide, wouldn't there be a lot more damage? Like, aren't shotguns pretty, yeah. pretty severe? Yes. This one, it's... So the shotgun is a Remington Model 11 20 gauge. <laughs> I absolutely love that you know that offhand. Well, probably not offhand. You probably looked it up. But it's like, my point is that you were just like, it's a this. <laughs> like this model. I know this stuff. I researched. <laughs> so you good. No shit. No, but for real. And it's not like, I think what most people think of when they think of shotgun is a double barrel shotgun. Right? That's like all... I mean, I was just thinking every single barrel, but okay. still, like, wouldn't... Yes, I feel like any gun you put in your mouth yes. and you pull the trigger, there'd yes. be more than just bleeding out your fucking ear. Right. Right? And yes. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. Okay. And I... That's why I'm confused. Right. Well, and I'm not sure, because I didn't want to look at crime scene photos. Please, no. Because I'm not about that life. <laughs> so I didn't... So I don't know if... Because there's a whole nother thing with the crime scene photos. Like, mm -hmm. like... They were not developed, some were developed, and the, they were the most basic of crime scene photos, but then the ones that showed everything weren't developed for 20 years, so... Our justice system right? work. I, <laughs> so, I don't know if, if, like, back of his head... Right. There's damage. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't find anywhere... Why that, wouldn't that be in the fucking autopsy? Well, you can't read the autopsy report. According to Washington state law, they don't have to release that shit. Oh, so me. it's not available. This is such bullshit. Okay. Side note. This is total conspiracy. S side, side note. <laughs> I don't even like conspiracy theories that much. <laughs> like, I'm not about that, but I find this interesting. So back to the original side note. Okay. Yes. <laughs> is that Courtney slept with the coroner? Oh. So there's all this, like... But that's all speculation. Or not speculation. Conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. just conspiracy. Uh, Nothing to support that. Right. But yeah, so he's incapacitated, supposedly, and could not have shot himself with the amount of heroin in his system. And this Tom Grant guy, the private investigator, uh -huh. he said his theory is that the heroin was used to just incapacitate him, mm -hmm. and somebody else shot him. Okay. Um, and another side. So I looked up this shotgun. Okay. And I'm a tiny person, so maybe this doesn't apply to me. Is it really long? It's long. Okay. It's fucking long, so... You would need long arms. Long arms to shoot yourself. I don't know if he had that long of arms. He seemed like a petite human. <laughs> he seemed like a petite human. Do you know how tall he is? I don't. You can do you want me to look it up really I quick? I kind of do. I'll look does it, it up. Well, I don't know. Does it matter, like, how tall you are? To if your you're taller, do your arms... Are your arms longer? I think so. You would assume, right? I would assume that taller people have longer arms. I would assume that taller people have longer everything. He's like 5'10". So average. The average height. Pretty average. Mm -hmm. Okay. I and how, how, how big is the shotgun? Okay. <laughs> I love that I'm making you do more research. Sorry. No, okay, you're good. Remington Model 11. 20 gauge. I'm just curious. Like, length? <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt me? Oh, uh, uh, it people. says it varies with the model. Oh. Well, you put in the barrel model. length is up to 30 inches. 30 inches. Okay. So, so how long is the average man's arm length? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> average man's arm length. <laughs> no, not arm span. I want like just a single arm. 
<laughs> Average man arm, single arm length. Maybe he used his toes. Maybe he was hella well, flexible. Well, he had shoes on. He could not have used his toes. Oh, okay. So debunk that. Right. But because Tom Grant brought that up. He okay. was like, he's wearing his shoes, and the only way he could have shot the shotgun was with his toes. Because it's so long. Because it's so long. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. What? Okay. I know. <laughs> I don't... There is no, like... I can't read a thing about arm length. I don't know. It's not bringing me proper results. You know what? It's okay. okay. Let's just let's just assume the average man, the average five foot ten male, yes. does not have long enough arms to fire the shotgun on his own. Yes. Like reach the yes. trigger. Correct. With the barrel in I his mouth. I just feel like you couldn't reach it. <laughs> I wish people could see your visual right now. <laughs> just you like <laughs> fingering with your and then like pointing towards your mouth. Sorry. <laughs> oh, this is God. not a visual. This is a yeah. podcast. It's sorry. fine. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's good. The visual was for me. It was for you. Thank you. It did this for you. I think it's hilarious. Okay, good. All right. His body was found in the greenhouse. Okay. <laughs> Which uh-huh. is this building that was kind of off of the house. It was like a garage shed-ish thing. And the greenhouse... Weren't his notes like stabbed into like a pot mm-hmm. with like a pen or Correct. whatever? Correct. I saw the photos. Yeah. Okay. That's accurate. And the greenhouse was above the little shed. Okay. And he okay. likes to go in there and, like, write music and jam and tunes. And kill himself, apparently. All that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. There was this confusing problem with the doors of the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of words that I think were unnecessary, but from the gist, it's that <laughs> the doors were only able to be locked from the outside, and they were found locked. Shit. Well, that's a thing. Yeah. Well, could, okay, but could you lock them and then pull the door closed? So people, well, but people could just unlock them from the outside. But could you, I, theoretically, theoretically, lock them and then pull the door closed? Probably, yes. Okay. I assume. Unless it's a deadbolt. I couldn't tell you. So many holes. There's a lot. So many holes. And I did not have time to read through Tom Grant's 146-page report about this. <laughs> But if you've got the time... What? You didn't have time to read a novel for this podcast? How I mean, dare. I know. I'm kind of the worst. What? <laughs> Shut, so, <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, so Tom Grant, he spoke to Co- Cobain's attorney, Rosemary Carroll, at her office on April 13th. So this is just like a couple days after mm-hmm. his body's been found. Right. He said that the attorney kind of like pressed him to look into Cobain's death as murder, not a suicide. And Carol said that Cobain had asked her to draw up a will excluding love because he was planning to file for divorce. Well, fuck me. Just throwing that out there. Okay. And this is... I mean, I know you're not, like, into conspiracy theories, but, like, this is super sketch. Yeah. Like, I... Yes. I'm super sketched out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is... Has enough, I don't know, facts to be sketch, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not pure conspiracy but it's right bulk conspiracy yeah yeah i get it so but it, i think there's enough for it to be suspicious at the very least absolutely and and i know a lot of people are upset because because the cops immediately made it like read it as suicide on scene right they were just like nah he killed himself yes so they didn't investigate anything else ever and then courtney was like burn him up mm-hmm give me those ashes give me that urn mm-hmm basically fuck francis spread his ashes in Olympia, in Washington, oh, it kills me. Stop. Yeah. I can't look at you right now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Grant says that this is the motive for the murder, this divorce, this impending divorce. And Carol 
also gave Grant a handwriting practice note that she found in Love's backpack that was left at her house. So theory that somebody was practicing imitating his handwriting. So the suicide note is not a suicide note. Yikes. I'm shooketh. Uh Uh-huh. Carol has not commented publicly on the matter. So she's mum's the word on this whole situation. Fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But she probably can't say anything because attorney and, like, right? Mm-hmm. Attorney-client privilege. I don't know. Does that stop when you die? I I don't know. Does it? I don't know. I know nothing. So. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's a filmmaker named Nick Broomfield, and he decided to investigate these theories himself. And so he brought a film crew to visit a number of people associated with Cobain and Love, including Love's estranged father, Cobain's aunt, and one of the couple's former nannies. So they, they like, asked everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Everyone. Yeah. So, Broomfield... Neighbor, neighbor's dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And this is, again, so much speculation on okay. this shit. Yeah. Broomfield spoke to the mentor's band leader, um, L... What is that? D-U-C-E. <laughs> Deuce? 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 Is it Deuce? <laughs> I don't know. El Deuce? El Deuce. Sure. Honestly, I haven't. You're asking me? Are you? I'm. Sure. <laughs> I <laughs> carry on. Okay. <laughs> this guy claims that Love offered him $50,000 to kill Cobain. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Set. However, however, so Broomfield interviews this guy, El Deuce, mm-hmm. and then El Deuce dies. Days later, hit by a train in the middle of the night. Shut up. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> for real. Hit by a train, middle of the night. For no witnesses. Real? For rainbow real. <laughs> struck by a train. Holy fucking shit. Days after this interview. Oh my god. Which, I mean. I. Talk about coincidences, man. For real. Mm hmm. For rainbow real. For rainbow real. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? I shook. I am so shook. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Like that's what? Mm-hmm. I'm honestly blown away. Mm-hmm. There's just too many things that are floating around here about this case. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. And a, a lot of people say that El Deuce was like a showman and he liked to talk and you could not trust anything he said, basically. So his claim that Courtney offered him 50 grand to kill Kurt is like, everybody's like, nah, he's just him it's talking. It's still suspicious as hell that he just gets hit by a fucking got train. Got hit by a train, like right after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh. <laughs> I was on, so I looked up a lot of articles, right? <laughs> I eventually ended up on Reddit about oh, this. You always, not you. You. We, you. We. Always end up on Reddit. Always end up on Reddit, yeah. I just wanted to read my favorite comment because I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one from earlier? Uh-huh. <laughs> I have, like, I'm trying not to spoil what my topic is, but. Yes, I have yes. read it to you, so yeah. now I can really read it to you. Okay, yeah, read it. Courtney having slept with the coroner is probably circumstantial too. No <laughs> fingerprints on the shotgun is probably circumstantial too. Kurt and Courtney about to be divorced is probably circumstantial too. <laughs> Kurt having bought plane tickets for a future date is probably circumstantial too. Uh, yeah, seven three four. Yeah, in fact, those are all pretty much textbook examples of circumstantial evidence. <laughs> <laughs> all of that circumstantial evidence. Right, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Honestly. So the thing that I find, I don't know, m not most interesting, but I watched a documentary ages ago about this. It's called Soaked in Bleach. Okay. And um, it's a very leading documentary, if that makes sense. It makes you feel certain ways. Right. So the, it, it has an agenda. Mm -hmm. It does. Okay. 100%. But I still found it interesting. Mm -hmm. In it, it mentions how... What, what word am I trying to use? Physics. Okay. What word am I trying to use? <laughs> Physics. The shotgun shell should not have ended up where it did for him to have shot himself, basically. So I'm going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> and hopefully not be too confusing. Okay. I can't even pronounce this name. Good God. <laughs> Story of our lives. C-I-E-S-Y-N-S-K-I. C-E-S-I-N-S-K-I. C-E-S-I-N-S-K-I? Damn it! One time, one time, I'm gonna come up with a story where I don't have to say fucking <laughs> words that I can't say. <sighs> okay. So it's after 20 years and the film has finally been developed, right? Those right. photographs are finally developed. So this guy, call him Mr. C. Mr. C. Mr. C. I'm about it. Notes that his review of the film indicated that a spent yellow shell casing lying on a coat at the right side of the photo beyond Cobain's left arm, so left side of the body. Okay. Okay. He says, I was unaware that for the casing to have landed to the victim's left, the weapon would have been turned 180 degrees from what it was found. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> the detective explains that he consulted with an SPD range armorer, an expert in maintaining and operating firearms, showing him a photo of the victim holding the weapon but did not identify the victim to the expert, right? So he, he, like, went in blind with it and was like, what do you think of this photo? Mm -hmm. Like, tell me, gun things. Yeah. <laughs> the armorer concluded that the fired round would have been ejected in the direction where it was found, and the second round probably malfunctioned due to victim holding the barrel. The weapon probably pivoted when fired and fell to the present position. Conspiracy theorists have long questioned why the ejected shell casing was found beyond Cobain's left arm, when the SPD report states the Remington 20 gauge shotgun was lying on the victim's chest with the receiver facing up. So if the receiver was facing up, then in that position, the shell would have ejected in the direction of Cobain's right arm rather than his left. Because of the kick? Yes. Okay. And just the way the gun ejects shells. Okay. It had, so if he was holding it right. to shoot himself, the, the shell casing would have gone to the right instead of the left, basically, is what they're saying. Inconsistencies. Right. Which, right, so a lot of people think this leads to, uh, what's the word? That it was a stage scene, mm -hmm. basically. Um, right. And it's hard because people are kind of split. Like, Cobain's friends and family, a lot of them think that he didn't kill himself and they think he was murdered. Like, his grandfather, Leyland, mm -hmm. is convinced that Kurt was murdered and didn't kill himself. But I know it's hard sometimes for people to accept yeah. that yeah. someone could commit suicide. Yeah. Are there, aren't there, like, some signs, though? I mean, yes. I feel like his behavior is so erratic, it's hard to tell. That's fair. Does that make well, sense? Well, and all the drug use, too, yes. yeah. makes everything muddled, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Uh, I know a lot of people say that... So he bought plane tickets to go see a friend... So people are like, why would you buy plane tickets if, if you, you were just going to kill yourself? yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but I think somebody's mental state can change really quickly. Mm -hmm. So he could have been fine when he bought the tickets and was like, yeah, I'm doing I'm gonna great. I'm going to do this trip. Yeah, and then just spiraled. 
Yeah. But I still think a lot of shit's really suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a friend that Courtney gave 30 grand to to go to rehab with his girlfriend and, like, get better. Man, I wish I just had 30 grand to right? give to a buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Same. Uh, you need 30 grand? I could use it. I don't have it. Okay. <laughs> uh, someday, maybe. But someday, maybe. <laughs> doubt it. So, there was also this big, long article from Rolling Stone. They did an interview with him. And so, the last album they did was In Utero. They only did three albums, which is crazy. And on that album, what is it called? There's a song called, oh, what is it? Shit. Something About Dying. Something about dying. Yes. Don't know Nirvana well enough to know Same. song track titles. Song tracks? Song titles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're good. I'll find it. I'll do more on-air research. <laughs> good Lord. Heaven help me. <sighs> Heaven can't help you now. That was oh, more Did they take Sorry. it out? No, you're fine. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. It's something about dying. They wanted... To, and, and committing suicide, basically. The song? Yes. Okay. And so the interviewer asked him, and he was like, I knew people wouldn't understand it. Like, it's just a joke. We're satirical. So, that's right. They dropped it from the album because mm. they didn't want to, like... Send the wrong message. Yeah. And or, like, have people mm-hmm. jump to conclusions, mm-hmm. obviously. Yes. And it's interesting. I, I read most of the article, and he seemed pretty together. Mm-hmm. And, like, they talked about suicide, and he said that uh, his stomach pain from previous, like, a couple years before was so bad that he wanted to commit suicide, but he never did. And he's feeling better now, like, this is the best he's felt, and all this stuff. Huh. So it just seems odd. <laughs> my, my favorite was the end, was uh, the interviewer was like, what if the kids today don't like your out, like your next album and they are like this is garbage whatever he's it said laughs like he laughed and said fuck him <laughs> he's like i don't give a I don't shit, give a shit. <laughs> yeah he, ta- he talks a lot about writing new music and wanting to explore other ways to make music basically he mm-hmm. said that they were tapped out for the same formula yeah you know yeah and i don't know it just seems just seems real suspicious and weird it does that's pretty much it i'm done Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't close your laptop, so that's I'm not indicated. To. I'm about to. I'm just saving, and then I'm closed. Boop! Um, I haven't opened my notes. Okay. <laughs> if there's clicking, that's why. We're doing so good. I... <laughs> episode 11. Okay. Remember how we were like, this episode's gonna run long. It's gonna run long. Yeah. Sorry. It's gonna run real long. Sorry. This so episode... fucking sorry. Well, because here's the thing. You want another thing? I do. We're already at 54 minutes. Fuck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not mad at it. Why did I talk so long? No, but like, okay. what's wrong with having a longer episode? Okay, fair. I mean, because most of it has been us actually talking about topics yes. and not yeah. just bullshitting. bullshitting. It was only like the first like seven-ish minutes that we were like bullshitting. Well, and, and like I said, I tried to like <clears throat> fully explore these notes and tried to flesh them out a little did I flesh okay? You did excellent. Thank you. Honestly, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I think you did great. Thank you. I liked your topic. Okay. I thought it was very interesting. Thank you. I don't know how I feel about I was it. I say, how do you feel? I don't know. Do you think you committed suicide or not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of things point to no. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. There's too many inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All I have is what you've told me. So. Yeah. yeah, you're good. But yeah, this episode's going to run long, and here's why. Okay. Do you remember there was one time when, I think it was when you did the Scream Murders, mm-hmm. and you were like, my notes are really short. Yeah. And you were like, typically they're like, what? Four to five pages. What did you say? Four pages. Four pages. This four was pages. four pages for me. Mine are almost eight. Holy <laughs> fuck! <laughs> I'm so sorry. Love. I'm so sorry. That's fine. I just won't interrupt. I'll be a good it's gonna girl. It's going to be a long episode. And I'll shut my whore mouth. It's going to... Yeah, you will. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, God. We need to... Here's what... Okay. What you're going to do is I'm going to say... Guys, this episode is long. Grab yourself a snack. And you're going to clip that and Pause put it at the second. beginning. You're going to clip this and put it at the beginning of the episode. And say, guys, guys, this episode's long. Grab yourself a snack. Grab a snack. <laughs> Buckle up. Buckle the fuck up. <laughs> I probably won't. That's fine. at the beginning, but... That's okay. People can take an intermission. Yeah. This right is now. intermission. This is your intermission, intermission. Because I might go for an hour. I don't know. I'm not mad about it. Well, because I was like, I picked multiple small stories mm-hmm. to make for a longer. Okay. Because I have overarching. A, I have a list of things that I I was like, maybe this is a good topic, but mm-hmm. they're just kind of short. Yes. So I'm sometimes just sort of, there's not enough info. I'm just sort of compiling a few so that I can go for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny that the day I choose to have like a lot, you I also, also have a lot. Have a so anyways, no, it's totally cool. Okay. So here's what I'm doing. Okay. I am doing four different unsolved murders. Ooh. Unsolved murders slash disappearances. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, please. I know how you feel about unsolved oh, things. Oh, you know I love it. You know I pander to what oh, you like. It thrills me. Please. <laughs> You're so good to me. I know it. <laughs> I really am. Okay. All right. So we'll just jump into it. Okay. Okay. So, I, I mean, let me know if you know about any of these. But okay. the first one is Muriel Drinkwater. Nope. No. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> That's a name. That is a name. That is her name. Okay. Okay. So is that one word? Drinkwater? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, it's one word. <laughs> Muriel Joan Drinkwater. Okay. Full name. Tell uh, me she about was Muriel. the youngest of four daughters. Okay. Born to John Percival and Margaret Drinkwater. Oh, bug! <laughs> it's on your face! <laughs> Good lord. Did you get it? I don't know. I think I got it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I almost ate a bug. Okay. <laughs> Just fucking... Okay. <laughs> Percival. Percival and Margaret Drinkwater. Awesome. On June 27th, 1946. Oh, wow. Yeah, 1946. Well, it's a name like Muriel. Old this is school. back in the day. Old school. Okay. She took the school bus home from, oh God, <laughs> Penlegrarer. <laughs> listen, listen. P E N L L E R G A E R. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So, okay. Grammar school. You get a pass. <laughs> Thank you. It's ironic because it's grammar school. <laughs> she was last seen at 2 30 p.m. singing as she headed for the one mile walk to her family's home on Tile Dew Farm. The path she walked home on curved in and out of the woods. Okay. Yeah. Her mother saw her walking along the path and then went into the woods and never came out again. Shit. Yeah. Mom. Could you imagine? Mom, go get your daughter from the <gasps> bears. <laughs> I said daughters, plural. There's only one. 
There's just the one. There's just the one. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, the last person who admitted to seeing her was Hubert Hoyles, who was 13 years old at the time. Okay. And he passed her on the path, returning from her family farm where he'd gone to buy eggs. Mm. Her mother later went to the village to look for her when she did not return home. More than a dozen men began searching the area. Mm-hmm. So, oh my god, though. Could you imagine, like, there's my daughter, and she's, like, walking along the path, and then just... Well, and why the fuck would you... Goes in the woods, and it doesn't come out. I'm just trying to picture, like, how far away was she when she saw her go into the woods? I don't know. I... It just seems like you would go immediately be like, where are you? Muriel! Muriel! (laughs) Yeah, you, like, ring the bell on the porch and be like... ring the bell on the porch. (laughs) Yeah. Soup's up. Soup's up. (laughs) Grub? Grub? Oh my god. Who heard us? We're already getting derailed. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. The next day, Drinkwater's body was found in the woods by a police inspector. She had been oh. raped and shot twice in the chest and beaten in the head. Holy shit. Yeah. Two days later, the police found the murder weapon, which was a World War I-era Colt 45 weapon. Holy crap. Yeah. I... So, she's walking home from school, then just gets raped and yeah, shot and beat in the head. She's like, how old is she again? Uh, Did it say? Oh, you deleted, huh? I deleted. It's fine. Sorry, I delete so I can keep track. Yeah, you're fine. Maybe I haven't said yet. Oh, that's cool. No, no, it's really fine. (laughs) This is poor note-taking skills. It's me asking stupid questions. No, it's not. Her (laughs) age is pretty important, okay? (laughs) Hold on. I can find out. Wait one second. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be even longer, this episode, (laughs) as we (laughs) sidetrack. No, dude, I haven't said. Oh, okay. It's not in what I deleted yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, Detectives from Scotland Yard came to Swansea Mm -hmm. to assist in the investigation of the murder among a rash of slayings of women during the time. Okay. The police visited every house within 150 square miles, interviewed 20,000 men in Swansea and neighboring Arbidar and Carmanthshire. Yikes. Good words. God save the queen. More than three... (laughs) God save the queen. (laughs) (laughs) More than 3,000 mourners attended Drinkwater's funeral on the 2nd of July, and she was buried in St. David's Church in, God, that one word, Pellingrar. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Lord. A person of interest was circulated. He was described as approximately 30 years old with thick, fluffy hair and wearing a brown corduroy trousers and a light brown sports jacket. Okay. But that's like... Fluffy hair? Fluffy hair. 30-year-old male. I think... All right. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> it's the corduroy pants. It's the corduroy pants. I have a problem with corduroy, to be honest. So, <laughs> do you really? I kind of don't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Because it uh-huh. goes back to my problem with pants. You just have a problem with pants in general. Okay, corduroy, but corduroy khaki, pants, whatever. Corduroy, in particular, <laughs> when your thighs touch like mine do, corduroy rubs off. Oh. And like accurate. makes these weird like patterns. And you're like, I'm, I'm okay. I just <laughs> rubbed my pants off. I'm okay. I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like the, the title of this episode should just be, My Problem with Pants. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I think I might be sleepy. <laughs> oh, finally. It's going to finally happen. 11 episodes in. Should we warn the listeners what sleepy drunk is? When Krista gets really, really fucking tired, she essentially becomes drunk, and it's the greatest thing ever. 
Remember last time you tried to bite my thigh? I bit your thigh. Yes, you did. And you shoved me away. Well, you bit my thigh. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, anyways. Okay, okay, okay. I can hold it together, I swear. <laughs> uh, police circulated photos of the American Army issued gun, notably per perspex? Perspex? Mm, Is mm-hmm. that the right word? I don't know. Listen. I'll allow it. Copy pasted. <laughs> Notably, Perspex had been used to modernize the original wooden stocks next to the grip. It was believed a similar weapon had been used in the murder of a cinema manager in Bristol. Okay. In August, the police appealed to the United States for assistance, United States public for assistance, as many Americans had been stationed in that place that I can't pronounce mm-hmm. during the recent war, and there was possible there was the possibility of one of the servicemen who had sold the weapon. Mm, okay, that makes Are sense. You following? I, I mean, am actually. Okay, good. DNA discovery. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, yes? DNA. Tell me. In 2003. Oh. Yeah. Way Whoa. Because this was what, 1946? 46 or 47? Yeah. Yeah. In 2003, detectives reopened the case in hope of finding DNA evidence on the gun, but were not successful as too many people had handled the gun <sighs> and her clothing appeared to have been lost. Great detective work. Now, jump forward to 2008. Oh. A team of retired detectives investigating cold cases found Drinkwater's clothes in storage. Nice. Yeah, so found those. Her blue (laughs) coat, underwear, and school uniform had been wrapped in a paper bag and stored. On the back of the coat, a no longer visible semen stain was circled with a yellow crayon. Scientists successfully retrieved DNA profiles from the stain on the coat. A familial DNA profile was extracted using a technique called YSTR, but no match was found in the DNA database. Huh. Hubert Hoyles, who saw her after buying eggs at her parents' farm, was cleared by the DNA evidence. He stated he had been long suspected by some of the locals as the murderer and was happy to clear his name. So the 13-year-old boy that was buying eggs, he was a suspect. Yeah. But he was, yeah, he was cleared. I mean, kids are monsters, so I get it. They really are. Yeah. Child murderers. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here's the last of it. In 2010, Lord Chancellor's Advisory Council Council on National Records and Archives closed off public access to the case. Mm. Public can no longer access Drinkwater files by Freedom of Information Act requests or in person at the archives office. The reason is that uh, the files are being sealed as it could help the police catch the perpetrator. So they're still, as of 2010, they were still trying to cold case in it. But like, holy shit, 1946, good luck to you. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Good luck to you. This is a a shorter one. Okay. James Cole. Okay. No. <laughs> no, no. Well, you didn't say anything, so I guess you don't know him. Correct. I don't. I, I don't know the things, uh, but I'm excited to find out. You're gonna find out. Okay. James Cole has been missing since 1994. Okay. Uh, on April 11th, James, nicknamed Jimmy, went out drinking to two different local bars with his brother Jeff. Okay. James did not own a car, so he would walk from his house to the nearby bike trail. Uh, Baltimore and Annapolis mm-hmm. bike trail mm-hmm. to get to the bars uh, at a nearby shopping area. At 10 p.m. that night, Jeff left his brother and went home. Uh, James stayed out till 1.30 a.m. Okay. Witnesses say James left the bar visibly intoxicated, but he left alone and without incident. No witnesses reported seeing him angry or upset or arguing with anyone that night. All right. So. Fair enough. Yeah. He got, just had a good time and went home. Drunk. He stayed out late. His brother went home. He stayed out by himself. Yeah. He had just four blocks to walk home. It would have taken no more than ten minutes, but he never arrived home, and his family reported him missing the next day. Four blocks. That's it. He had four blocks. That's so scary. Not even ten minutes. That's so scary. Never came home. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> it's weird. It's yes. just weird. Yeah. So, oddly enough, uh, an acquaintance of James claimed to have seen him a month after he disappeared. The acquaintance claimed he ran into him at a Taco Bell restaurant Ooh, where Taco they exchanged... Bell. Oh, please. Sorry. Oh, mm. If we finish early enough. Ooh. They're open to like, one. Just oh. <laughs> Please. I want We're the making fi- plans. I want the fiery Dorito taco. They're so good. Ooh, okay. Anyways. So an acquaintance runs into James at a Taco Bell. They exchange greetings before James bought a coffee and left. Coffee at Taco Bell? What Taco what Bell fuck? is this? What kind of witchcraft? <laughs> Annapolis. Uh, James's family does not believe the man that this acquaintance ran to it ran into was James. James. Like that's fair. Yeah, because the clothing. Because that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, he's just at a Taco Bell like a month after yeah. he just like, like disappears. disappears. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, because the clothing described by the acquaintance did not match what he was last seen wearing. Which, it's been a month, so he, he could have changed. could have changed his clothes. I would like to think after a month he would have changed your clothes. I'd but say so. But they said uh, he was not wearing his baseball hat, which was one of his distinct trademarks. So, oh, like, like he from always the sounds wore of it, a hat. he always wore a baseball hat. Mm-hmm. And okay. this guy that he talked to wasn't wearing one. Mm-hmm. Still not a great indicator that it's not necessarily him. Right. I don't know. Uh, the acquaintance did pass a polygraph test, however, but the family was skeptical because of the time of his disappearance. James was low on money and never showed up to his job to collect his last paycheck. Mm. His girlfriend last spoke to him the day before he disappeared. She had not heard from him either. Mm. There hasn't been any sightings of James since his alleged Taco Bell sighting, and he's never been heard from again. God. It's fucking weird. Weird. It's just weird. I. Side note, about the guy passing the polygraph test... Mm-hmm. If he believes that he saw James, he would pass. Yes, like, because easy. He, in his mind, he's telling the truth. Yes, exactly. So yeah. that doesn't like exactly indicate a whole lot. One hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> but that's so bizarre. Four mm-hmm. blocks. Mm-hmm. Four blocks. Less than ten minutes. Less than ten minutes. Well, and like from the sounds of it, he frequented these bars all the time. Yeah. And like, what just doesn't show up for his paycheck? Doesn't call his girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so some people believe that on the way home. James passed out or had gotten hurt walking on the BNA trail. There's no trace of any of his belongings ever found on the trail. In 2012, police police searched some areas on the BNA bike trail uh, that they missed during the initial searches, but they came up empty. Mm. Since James uh, was adopted, oh, it took uh, over a decade to have his DNA entered into any database because they could oh. not locate his biological relatives. God. They have since found his biological mother and have a sample to compare to unidentified bodies, but there have been no new leads since That's 2012. That's so sad. Yes. Oh. Sorry. That's okay. We're just a couple of downers today. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, though, four blocks. Mm-hmm. Four blocks. He's out drunk. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, if he had, like, gotten hurt, stumbled, whatever, they would have found his body. His body, I like, assume. What would have happened to his body? Well, because, like, like, was the bike trail... In, it's in the woods, right? Like a bike trail? Is I that what? Know. I don't. It doesn't say. That's like that's it. That's all interesting. Because I wonder if it's like, like behind the bar or something. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like it's a bike trail that goes behind the bar that leads to his house. I don't know. Instead of him walking along like the main, main road, like a, a more popular. So if it's area. wooded, like maybe he wandered off in the woods and got lost and. But they even just have so, it, they they, they, they looked all like around. Mm. They said they looked they all looked. around the bike trail. They looked around areas they didn't originally look. And still nothing. And still nothing. Um, Cadaver dog that shit. I don't know. <laughs> Cadaver dog that shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got two Is more. Is that our episode? I can't get dog that shit. 
I wish, but we can't do that. Oh, we can't say shit. That's why, listen, the last episode, I think it was the last episode. I can't. No. It was the the biggest of rut rows. Oh, yes. I was going to name it, I'm going to make a kick-ass sign and I'm going to hold it. (laughs) Because that's what you said. But then I was like, oh, I can't do kick ass. And like, I'm going to make a sign and I'm going to hold it was like not as not exciting. Not as funny. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, something else. <laughs> I just want you guys to know, like, we could have amazing titles, but iTunes won't let us yes. self-censor or have like graphic titles. Well, because when we first started, remember MFN Mother H. H. fucking H.H. Holmes. Yeah, it I was did. Mother F. It was, it was MFN H.H. H. Holmes. And then they took us off iTunes. They did. Those assholes. Ugh, it's How cool. Dare. How dare I'm make a kick ass sign? No. I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna make a kick ass sign and I'm gonna hold it. That was about the cannibal cop, by the way. <laughs> you were gonna protest. I was gonna protest. I'm gonna make right. a kick ass sign and I'm gonna hold it. Okay. All right. Onwards and upwards. Jane Ellen Wakefield. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Jane Ellen Wakefield, missing person, presumed homicide. Last seen alive September sixth, nineteen seventy five. Reported missing September 8th, 1975, so two days later. Okay. Jane Ellen Wakefield, a 26-year-old school teacher in North Liberty, Iowa, disappeared without a trace from her Iowa City mobile home sometime between late Saturday night, September 6th, and early Sunday morning, September 7th, 1975. Wakefield, who was uh, in divorce proceedings with her husband, John Wakefield, had spent Saturday on a cross-country bicycle ride with a group of her friends. Okay. Uh, according to Cedar Rapids Gazette article published March 19th, 1992, Wakefield told her friends she had to get back for an appointment. Hmm. A neighbor talked with Wakefield later that afternoon and said that nothing seemed unusual or okay. out of the ordinary. Yeah. Wakefield had filed for divorce six months earlier and moved from the couple's apartment into a mobile home at Bon Air in Iowa City. She had recently become romantically involved with another man but found her divorce held up over disagreements on how she and John Wakefield could divide the two businesses that he oh, owned. Mm. So she yeah. had some divorce complications. Right. Anyways. Yeah. Late on Saturday, September 6th, neighbors were called hearing some sort of yelling or screaming, mm. but weren't sure the, where the screams were coming from. Okay. They assumed the yelling came from a nearby home's loud party. Mm. When a friend paid a visit to Wakefield's mobile home on Sunday, no one answered the door and the friend left. Obviously, between Saturday night and Sunday morning, she had disappeared. Iowa City Police Department Captain Patrick Harney told the Gazette, when Wakefield didn't report on Monday morning to her teaching position at Penn Elementary School in North Liberty, school principal Larry Sharp couldn't reach her. School officials called Bonaire. The mobile home park manager contacted Wakefield's boyfriend, and the two went together to Wakefield's home. Yeah. She didn't show up for work. Uh Uh-huh. They contacted her boyfriend. Yep. They went to the house. Outside, they found her bicycle locked to the yard lamp, and her Fiat was in its parking space. Okay. Inside, they found her purse and other belongings, mm. but no sign so, of her. Yeah. So, like, yeah, all she, her personal belongings yeah. were there. Her car was there. Her bike was there. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't. So, she pretty much didn't go willingly somewhere. No sign of her. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two contacted Iowa City Police. Inside the mobile home, detective, detectives found everything in order and evidence suggested that she had recently showered. So, okay. who showers and then is like, yeah, peace. Oh, yeah. In the beginning, police thought Wakefield may have left with Jesus people, <laughs> a cult that had been camping oh. near Coralville Lake. That's the name of the cult. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Jesus people. Well, I don't know. They just, they said, Jesus. they just called them Jesus oh, people because okay. they were like some sort of religious cult. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, Wakefield's friends and family members told Gazette 
Jane was too much on top of things to join a cult. Mm. Uh, a belief confirmed after a search on the cult's latest camp in Huntsville, Arkansas, turned up no ties to the teacher. So yeah. she didn't have any ties to this yeah. like, religious cult group. Fair. <laughs> so I think they were just... Maybe she left with those Jesus people. Right. Like, it was all Just assumption. throwing out ideas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. On September 10th, 1975, Iowa City police drained two city lagoons near the victim's trailer court, but uncovered no, no evidence. Okay. So they drained... Didn't go into the pond. Mm-mm, she didn't go in the pond. Four months after Wakefield vanished, Wakefield vanished, detectives got a break when a confidential informant, mm-hmm. a friend of the primary suspect, told okay. police that an individual he knew had admitted to murdering Wakefield, cremating her body, and spreading her remains along a ditch on the I-80 near Iowa City. Oh, sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The suspect had gone so far as attempting to redirect suspicion towards Jane Wakefield's new boyfriend. Oh, okay. According to the CI, that's uh, it's confidential informant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it every time. <laughs> On September 6th, 1975, the individual had rented a car from Cedar Rapids Airport that matched the ones one driven by Wakefield's boyfriend. Mm. The individual then drove to Jane's mobile home and choked her to death with his bare hands. Whew. Yeah. He put her body in the rental car's trunk, driven to Iowa City in a, an apartment building, the same building where John Wakefield resided. Mm. That's her ex-husband? Yes. Uh, in its week-long... Oh, this is another thing. In its week-long Murdered, Missing, Unsolved March 1992 series, the Gazette reported March 19th that, according to the CI, the person then placed large quantities of charcoal into the trash incinerator, lit it, and dumped Jane's body inside. After the fire was out, the individual swept the contents of the incinerator into a garbage can. The individual claimed that he waited until the next night, drove onto the I-80 towards Iowa City, pulled onto the shoulder, and spread the contents of the garbage along the ditch. Mm. All right. I don't know, though. Like, can you just do that in a trash incinerator? Don't... I... Burning bodies? I think burning bodies is hard. Don't you need, like, a like a legit <clears throat> crematory... Crematorium? Yeah. I think so. I would assume so. Well, and, like, what well, about... What about... Okay, this is all just, like, for, <laughs> mostly for movies and shit, but, like, what about teeth and, like bones and like, they I'm don't pretty, burn right i'm pretty sure teeth are or maybe bones do but but teeth i like, think i think bones well, teeth are bones. do <laughs> you're good. I, but i think teeth <clears throat> tend to make it right they don't burn as easily and i don't think bones burn easily and like either. just in a, like a trash incinerator yeah. i imagine a trash incinerator is not at Hot a, high, a high enough temp that's what i think yeah to to like you would like skeletonize it but it'd be bones yeah there'd still be fragments yes yeah, so I... Oh, wait. Cool. There's more. Okay. <laughs> Let me have it. We're going... No. I, oh, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm done with this story. On to the Fine. next one. How's that for unresolved? It is. I'm really <laughs> upset. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Though police declined to identify the informant, they did confirm that he was friends with the suspect, and he passed a lie detector test. Okay. Which, again... I don't know. Do lie detectors... I. They're pretty much... They, I question the validity of lie detector well, tests. Yes, because all they do is really gauge an emotional response. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean Well, and if you believe you're telling the truth, yes. you take a lie detector test, then you're going to pass it. Yes, exactly. Well, and I know there's a problem with psychopaths. Psychopaths? <laughs> What's the... Sociopaths? Sociopaths? I yes. don't know. <laughs> the ones that don't have empathy, because they don't have an emotional response to shit, mm-hmm. so they can pass all the polygraph tests. They're like, yeah, hook me up. Yep. Whatever, bitch. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, hook me up. <laughs> yeah, hook me up. Uh, a series of lie detector tests narrowed down the list of suspects to one who refused to submit to a polygraph test and questioned the validity of such tests. I mean, fair enough, though, dude. We just went on a tangent about this <laughs> random yeah. person that's not identified. Anyways. <laughs> In January 1976, armed with a search warrant for the apartment building trash incinerator and two businesses run by john wakefield the police went to iowa city tavern where the suspect worked and searched the iowa city apartment house and billiard parlor both of which john wakefield managed police sifted ashes from the incinerator of the apartment in question and sent them to the state crime lab in des moines Mm -hmm. reported the gazette so okay. the Gazette's very involved. In they are, are like all about this. They're like, we got this, guys. <laughs> Police detectives and agents from the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation seized miscellaneous pieces of bone debris, a piece of metal that appeared to be a tooth filling, mm. and a small white chip of bone-like material. Officials mm. also seized five vacuum cleaners from the property and weren't about to give up. The following week, some 20 detectives on their hands and knees, searched several miles of ditches north of Iowa City along I-80. Holy shit. They were fucking determined. Yeah. Talk about... But they did find, like, some stuff. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like. Lab analysis of bone fragments found in the incinerator were inconclusive. Of course they were. (laughs) Fair enough. Yep, back to that again. One individual remained the prime suspect in Wakefield's disappearance, but never faced charges due to insufficient evidence and forensic limitations from that era. So they could have been the person, got away with it if if it was. Although the Iowa Department of Public Safety's missing person information clearinghouse lists Wakefield's incident type as endangered slash physical, meaning Wakefield went missing under circumstances indicating her physical safety was in danger, detectives have long since believed that homicide played a role in her disappearance. Seven years following her disappearance, Jane Wakefield was declared legally dead on September 5th, 1982, and her remains have never been recovered. Oh, that's so rough. It really is. Ugh. Ugh. This whole episode is just... I don't want to go that way. <laughs> just gone? Yeah. I don't either. Pass. <laughs> Hard. Hard. Hard left. Pass. pass. <laughs> or right. You know, whatever. Either direction, honestly. <laughs> okay. All right. This is my last story. Okay. Uh, man, I feel like I saved the saddest one for, for last. last. Why did I do this? Aww. All right. Is it a child? It's a child. Oh, Sorry, everyone. I do have a heart. <laughs> Sometimes you do. <laughs> to kids. Sometimes. All right. Asha Degree. Nah. <laughs> yep. Asha Jaquilla? Jaquilla Degree? Uh-huh. Was born on August 5th, 1990. She's a black female from Shelby, North Carolina, United States. Okay. In the early mornings, morning hours of February 14th, in 2000, for reasons unknown, she packed her book bag, left her family home north of the city, and began walking along the nearby North Carolina Highway 18 despite heavy rain and wind. Okay. Several passing motorists saw her when one turned around at a point, 1.3 miles from her home and began to approach her. She left the roadside and ran into the wooded area. Okay. In the morning, her parents discovered her absence, and no one has seen her since. Uh. Isn't it awful? Yes. Ugh. Ugh. I just... Mysteries. Mm. All right. An intensive search that began that day led to the location of some of her other personal effects near where she was last seen. 
A year and a half later, her book bag, still packed, was unearthed from a construction site along oh. Highway 18, south of Shelby. Shit. At the point where she ran into the woods, a billboard now stands appealing for help to find her. Family hosts an annual walk from their home to the billboard to draw attention to the case. Oh. Yeah. That's so awful. So her book bag was found, still fully packed, at a construction site, which is sketch as fuck. Oh, yeah. I hope they, like, scoured that site. I hope so, too. Because... I love that I'm like, I hope so, too. Like, I don't know this fucking case. <laughs> like, I didn't fucking spend all night researching it, like, two nights ago. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> like, I don't remember all I of it. That's why I take notes. I know some falls through the cracks Absolutely. in your research. It's Absolutely. fine. I, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, let's see. While the circumstances of decrees... Mm-hmm. Disappearance at first seemed to suggest that she was running away from home. Investigators could not find a clear reason why she might have done so. Mm-hmm. She was most younger than most children who do. They, along with a blogger who tried to solve the case, have speculated that she might have been abducted instead. Yeah. The case has drawn national media attention. In 2015, the FBI joined the state and county authorities and reopened the investigation, offering a reward for inf- information that could help solve the case. Mm. So here's sort of, like, the details yeah. surrounding her disappearance. Okay, okay. On Sunday, February 13th, the children went to church from a relative's house and then returned home. Harold Degree, her father, went out to his to work his second job shift at the nearby PPG industry plant in the afternoon. Around 8 p.m. that night, both children went to bed in the room they shared. Almost an hour later, the power went out in the neighborhood after a nearby car accident. It was restored shortly after Harold returned from work around 12.30 a.m. At that time, he checked on the children and saw that both of them were asleep in their beds. He checked again shortly before he went to bed at 2.30 a.m. on February 14th and again saw them both in bed. Okay. So, checked on both kids. They were fine. Still there. Yeah. Shortly afterwards, O'Brien, I'm not sure who that is. Maybe her brother? Sure. Oh, maybe her dad. (laughs) <laughs> I'm bad with names. No, that's Harold. <laughs> Listen. O'Brien. That's somebody. Anyway, shortly afterwards, O'Brien recalls hearing Asha's bed squeak. He did not further rouse himself as he assumed that she was merely changing positions in her sleep. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, makes sense. Yes. You hear your kid's bed squeak, you're just like, they're yeah. probably... Rolling over. Rolling over. It's fine. Uh, apparently, around this time, Asha got out of bed, taking a book badge... Book bag she had previously packed with several sets of clothing and other personal items and left the house. Okay. Between 3.45 and 4.15 a.m., two drivers saw her walking along Highway 18. She was wearing a long-sleeved white t-shirt. That's not long-sleeved. It's a t-shirt. Contradictory. (laughs) Sorry. You're fine. And white pants just north of its junction with Highway 180. They reported this to the police after seeing a TV report about her disappearance. Oh. So, like... They, they saw her. They just saw a kid. They approached her, and then, and then the next day they were like, oh, we saw that girl. Yeah. Uh, one witness reported seeing her at about 4 a.m. and said that he turned his car around be- uh, because he thought it was strange that such a small child would be out by herself yeah. at that hour. Fair. He circled three times and saw Degree run into the woods by the roadside and disappear. It was a rainy night, and the witness said there was a storm raging. Yeah. So. That's so weird. Isn't it? It's so bizarre. Ugh. This whole thing is mm. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Aquila, mm-hmm. that's her mother. Okay. She awoke at 5.45 a.m. to get the children ready for school on the morning of February 14th, an important day since it was not only Valentine's Day, but the degree's wedding anniversary. Oh, okay. This involved Super drawing a... Yeah. Like a happy anniversary. Our daughter's missing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> 
Uh, this involved drawing a bath for them, as they had not been able to take one the night before due to the power outage. When she opened the children's room to wake them before their 6.30 alarm and called them to the bath, O'Brien, that's the brother, yeah. I just confirmed it, was in bed, but Asha was not. And Aquila was a- unable to find her in the home nor in the family car. How terrifying would that be oh to wake up, go to your kid's room, and one of them's gone. And one's gone. Yeah. That's why you have two. You have a backup. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, or just don't have any, and then you don't have to worry about it. True. Then you never have missing children. Yeah. <laughs> I got this shit figured out. <laughs> You're on top of it. Thanks. Johnny on the spot. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So she told Harold she could not find their daughter, and he suggested that Asha might have gone over to his mother's house across the street. But when Aquila called there, her sister-in-law said that Asha was not there. Uh, that's when I went into panic mode. I heard a car next door. I put shoes on. I ran outside. That's a quote mm. from Aquila. Okay. Uh, she called her mother, who told her to call the police. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fair. By 6.40 a.m., the police officers had arrived on the scene. Police dogs called to the scene and could not pick up Asha's scent. Aquila went through the neighborhood calling Asha's name. Uh, which she had awakened pretty much everyone by 7 a.m. Yeah. yeah. So, like, everyone in the neighborhood's like, what the, what the fuck? fuck? The fuck's going on? Yeah. It's fucking 6.45. Yeah. Friends, family, and neighbors canceled their plans for the day to assist the police search in the vicinity while the pastor of their church, along with area clergymen, came to the degrees home to support them. By day's end, all that had been found was a mitten, by which Aquila Decree said was not her daughter's, as they had found no winter clothing had been taken from the house. Mm-hmm. So... Not hers. Yeah. Local news coverage resulted in three drivers who had seen Asha walking along the road early that morning, including the one whose attempt to approach her apparently prompted Asha to flee into the into the woods. Mm-hmm. So Uh-oh. she wasn't that the car that spotted her wasn't the only one. There was yeah. a couple others, but yeah. On February seventeenth, two days after the search began, candy wrappers were found in a shed at a nearby business along the highway near where Asha had been seen running into the woods. Okay. Along with them were a pencil, a marker, a Mickey Mouse-shaped hair bow that were identified as belonging okay. to her. All right. So it would, some evidence of her. Mm-hmm. It would be the only trace of her found during the initial search. Mm-hmm. A week later, after 9,000 man-hours had been invested in the search, along the two- to three-mile radius of where she had last been seen, flyers posted all over the area and 300 leads ranging from possible sightings to tips about abandoned houses and wells where she might have ended up, the search was called off. So, a lot of hours, That's a lot of so people. Hard. And then they had to call it off. Mm-hmm. We've never really had that first good substantial lead, said County Sheriff Dan Crawford at the news conference. He urged the media to keep the story alive. Mm-hmm. So he was like, he didn't have a good lead, but yeah. what can we do? Carry on. So here are some later developments Okay. in this case. Both the FBI and North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation got involved and put on their respective databases, put her on their respective databases of missing children. Mm-hmm. While the agencies were done searching in the area of her home and route, they insisted they were following every lead. Mm-hmm. From Aquila's account of what Asha had taken with her, investigators believe the girl had planned and prepared for this departure for over several days preceding her disappearance. An expert of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, Ben Ermini, mm-hmm. noted that most children who run, or run, run away are at least 12 years of age. Yeah. An FBI agent also pointed out the lack of an issue she might have been running away from, such as a dysfunctional family, poor academic right. performance, etc. Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sound away. like she had a bad home life. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about, like, her having a bad home life yeah. or, like, getting bad grades. Yeah. Like, 
being in an abusive family. No trigger for her to leave. Yeah, there's no reason for her to fucking bail. Like, yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, still, investigators believe that that was the most likely explanation for her departure, but for some reason, she either got off track or was abducted. Yeah. Media attention went national. A month after Asha's disappearance, the Degree family appeared on the Montel Williams show to call attention to the case. Mm -hmm. America's Most Wanted and the Oprah Winfrey show also devoted segments Mm -hmm. to her disappearance. Mm -hmm. In in August 2001, Asha's book bag was unearthed during a construction project off Highway 18 in Burke County, North Morganton. Sure. About 26 miles north of Shelby. Okay. So, the counter book bag... A little ways from mm-hmm. where she was. A little ways. It was wrapped inside a plastic bag. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. I mean, at this point, I would say abducted. Something had to have happened. Yes. For what, like, I don't know what her reason for leaving was. Yes. But whatever it was, something else happened. Had to have yes. happened. Especially if her book bag was just, like, wrapped in a plastic yes. bag and ditched at a construction site. Yeah. However, 26 miles away? Yeah, 26 like, miles away. Please. Something had to have happened. Oh, yeah. The FBI took the backpack to their headquarters for further forensic analysis. Results from that testing have not been publicly shared. Hmm. Interesting. To date, it's the last evidence that's been found in this Mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. Later leads have turned out to be dead ends. In 2004, acting on a tip reportedly received from an inmate at the county jail, the sheriff's office began digging at an intersection in Lawndale. There was bones that were found, but they turned out to be from an animal. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of crazy, though, that there was even animal bones. Yeah, there were, there, like, there were bones was a there. And yeah. there was bones, yeah. but they weren't hers. Like, yes. That seems weird to it me. It is. Yes, same. Yeah. Uh, the Degrees took steps to keep Asha's memory and the case alive in the public public's mind. In 2008, they established a scholarship in her name for deserving local students. They host an annual walk to raise awareness and money to fund their search. Mm-hmm. The walk starts at their home and ends at the missing persons billboard for Asha along Highway 18, mm-hmm. near where she was last seen. It was originally held on February 14th, but changed to February 7th in 2015 and February 6th in 2016, as Harold and Aquila felt that it was not fair to participants to make Valentine's Day a somber occasion. No. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Pictures of Asha, both real and those showing her as she might appear in later years created by investigators to help the search, still decorate the degree's house. Mm. Aquila says, I still fully expect her to walk through the door. Ouch. Stop. It's Oof. been so long. That's hard. It's really hard. Oh. <sighs> Aquila Degree complained in a 2013 interview with Jet that her daughter's disappearance has not gotten as much immediate attention over the years as some subsequent cases of missing children. Mm. She believes that it was because Asha was black. Mm. Uh, Missing white children get more attention, and I don't understand why, she said. If you ask them why, they'll say it's not racial. Oh, really? I'm not going to argue because I have common sense. Shots fired. Shade. (laughs) I mean, for real. She's not wrong, though. She's not. It's really... And that's... Upsetting. It's, it's very upsetting mm-hmm. and very sad. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. In February of 2015, the FBI announced that FBI agents Cleveland County Sheriff's Office Investigators <laughs> and State Bureau of Investigation agents were re-examining the case and re-interviewing witnesses. Okay. They also announced a reward of up to $25,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons re- mm. responsible for her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A community group is offering an additional $20,000 reward. So, a lot of money. Lots. A lot of money if you can say where the fuck this girl is and yeah. what happened to her. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. 
I mean, but like, regardless, if she's dead, I think I'd still want to know. Oh, yeah. Like, as a parent, yes. if my kid is missing, I don't want to be like, I still expect her to walk through the door. Like, right. if she's dead, I want to know if she's fucking oh, dead. Yeah. As much as that sucks. You don't want to torture yourself you with that hope. You don't want to spend your fucking life waiting for your little girl to come back. No. Like, you just don't. Yeah, I Oof. wouldn't. Ugh, ugh, I can't. <laughs> okay. Also that year, a Charlotte woman, Wendy Hughes, started finding started finding Asha Degree, a blog on WordPress devoted to solving the case with the help of crowdsourcing. Hughes did not know the degrees or anyone close to them, but felt strongly affected by the case. The blog theorizes that Asha was lured out of the house by someone close to her family mm-hmm. with the intent of abducting her and making it appear as if she had run away. It mm. mm. uh, sounds... Plausible. plausible yeah oh yeah because well, like like we talked about earlier there was no yes reason for her to run away she oh, had yeah. no yeah. no there was no reason mm-hmm. from the sounds of it unless there was sexual abuse or abuse or yes. on some level that wasn't known yes or wasn't discussed and, or wasn't talked yeah. about and di- or discovered at this point or discovered well because the thing is like so i was reading about this case in specific on Reddit. Yeah. And there was I was going to say what does Reddit have to say about this? There was one article that I was interesting. There was one article that I was reading that uh, I I'll have to find it and talk about it. But it was I didn't use it because it was purely this this Reddit poster's speculation okay. on the case. Yeah. Where like they were like, "Well, here's the inconsistencies and like blah yeah, blah blah yeah. with like the parents' timeline of like uh-huh. when she went to bed and mm-hmm. blah blah blah." But from my understanding, the parents were never suspected. Yeah. So, right. But there could have been abuse that wasn't known mm-hmm. or wasn't mm-hmm. discovered. Uh-huh. For all we know. Yeah. I'm almost done, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, while Aquila characterized the blog as containing half-truths, she said she did not take it too seriously and allowed that it might prove to be of assistance in ending the mystery of Asha's fate. Mm. Local law enforcements were more than welcoming. People wanting to help doesn't burden the case whatsoever, said Sheriff Alan Norman. Okay. So. Fair. They're like... Let this girl blog and it's a thing. Crowdsource and we'll let her do it, but yeah. not be involved. Yeah, but I mean, it could lead to. Oh yeah, you never you know. Never know. Mm-hmm. In May 2016. Oh okay. We're getting pretty recent. Yes. The FBI announced their reinvestigation of the case had turned up a possible new lead. They disclosed that Asha may have been seen getting into a dark green early 1970s Lincoln Continental Mark. I don't know, numer- Roman numerals. One and a V. Is that a four or a six? One and a V is six. Okay. <laughs> or possibly a Ford Thunderbird from the same era along Route 18 near where she was last seen later that night. It was described as having rust around the wheel wells. Okay. That's it. All right. That's the last of it. <sighs> but like 2016, there was a car she maybe got into. Yeah. But like other than that. There's nothing. There's nothing. She's just gone. She packed a book bag. There were some candy wrappers. Yeah, clothes. Hmm. It's fucking bizarre. It is so weird. Yeah, to me, the the thing that makes the most sense is that she was lured out by somebody she She knew. knew. That was, like, come do this thing or whatever. Like, I don't know. And they must have been, like, meet me at this place. Yes. Because she was walking along the The highway. The tracks were, yeah, the the highway. highway, And then bolted into the woods when some people tried to stop her. And she got scared, so she bolted. Yeah. And then either said original person abducted her and found her, or somebody else did. Could be either. Yeah. It's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Please. I mean, not saying 
all the sociopaths or psychopaths are out at fucking four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But because <laughs> we're up at four in the morning. Oh well. You more than I, but me definitely. Yeah. I was up until four last night. It's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't go out somewhere for breakfast at four o'clock in what? the morning. What? No, I, Denny's I is open. Oh, 24 hours. Go yeah. to Denny's. Is that the only 24-hour, like, diner here? Mm-mm. Well... It's like, what else is open at four? I mean... Okay. <laughs> is Angie's open at 4 a.m.? I don't think so. If Herm's was open at 4 a.m., I'd go. not, but oh my god. I'd so go. I. Ugh, Herm's. It's they fine. have the worst hours. They do. <laughs> <laughs> They're fine. I just want the Macho Benny in my stomach right now. <laughs> chorizo in it okay i get it i love chorizo okay <laughs> but yeah this case fucking wild yeah they're all kind of wild yeah. right all the ones yes walk four blocks and go missing yeah. and and veered into the woods and never came out yeah or like school teacher possibly murdered what the fuck <sighs> it's all weird good mystery though but hey that this last one, the Asha one, yeah. 2016. Yeah. Chances are, I don't know. I mean, it's been years and years. But <laughs> I'm like, they could solve it. But you, chances are. You never know. But if they're still looking into it, they then, are. As then of maybe, 2016. Like, chances are they'll solve it. <laughs> oh, please. I we just know. want we just want a mystery solved within our lifetime. <laughs> That's all we want. Yeah, I still want to know about that. You I still want to know about Lars. Lars. Man. Lars Matank. Lars Matank. Yep. I want to know. I want to know things. Same. What is up with him? Don't know. Same. Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you. Maybe someday things will be solved. I mean, yeah. (laughs) We can hope. (sighs) All right. Yeah. Should we end this? Yes, we should. It's long, but it's okay. Yeah. I feel like your content was good. What we, did I say? I said this was going to be a good episode. And it I is. I feel like we delivered. Same. <laughs> All our listeners are like, this was a crap episode. They're like, stop, guys. <laughs> shut up, please. It's fine. No, I feel like it was pretty good. Same. It was pretty solid. I like it. So, Taco Bell? Oh, I do want Taco Bell. What time is it? It's only like 11.15. They're still open. Oh, shit. I'm just saying. Don't do this to me. I'm doing it. But that's a long way because I have to. We'd have to drive and then I have to come back and drop you off and then drive home. It's only Walmart's only right. There's the one right by North Walmart. I know, but it's still a little bit of a drive. <laughs> kind of want to do it. I know. Kind of want to do it. You I can't just leave me hanging. I've been drinking. I just want <laughs> three fiery Doritos tacos. <laughs> This is a call to all our listeners. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bring us tacos. Guys, though. please help me. <laughs> Bring me tacos. <laughs> okay, socials. Oh, <laughs> follow us at Twitter. On Twitter, at Twitter, on Twitter. On the tweets. On the tweets. At death becomes underscore us. Yes. And then Instagram at death period becomes period us. Yes. I haven't updated it. I was like, I was like, I've been pretty bad. I've been pretty bad. I'll do better. Me too. Uh, <laughs> and and thanks for listening. Oh yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, oh, Stitcher. Yeah. You can find us at all the usual places. Yeah. And, like, and yes, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Episode Fools. eleven. Fools. Sorry. <laughs> God. I call everyone a fool. Okay, it's just like flee, you fool. A blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a blanket statement for me to say to people like. Thanks, fools. Thanks, fools. I don't know. Everything else seems lame. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
Our with... listeners are just fools. <laughs> no, you guys are great. Yes, they are great. Every one of you. You it's are just beautiful. You are. <laughs> should we go get Taco Bell? Yeah, I think we should go get Taco. Okay. Have a good night, you guys, or good morning, day, whatever time you listen. Yeah, whatever time of day it is. Whether you're going to work, whether you're at work, whether you're mm. at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I hiccuped up in the middle of that. <laughs> Have a great whatever time of day it is. Absolutely. We appreciate you mm, for listening. 100%. Even though we're a mess. Pretty damn. Oh, damn. I almost made it a whole episode without saying we were a mess. Oh. Shit. How fucking dare you ruin this? Drats. Soiled. Dratsies. Dratsies. <laughs> I ruined it. That's it. We're out. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to end it native. I love you all so much. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>